Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to a turn of events where we help put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Naif, the CEO and creative director of Naif Productions. We are a strategic event production company. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit and weddings, which is pretty much everything. Uh, love to talk to you if you have a live, hybrid or even virtual. Some people are still doing virtual events. Uh, but we see, we're seeing more live events these days, which is which is really great to see things back and uh, to normal, as they say. So I'm very excited about our next guest today, Laurel Carpenter. We're going to talk about why your brand voice is important and how to find it, which I'm actually starting to get into doing some more, just really paying attention to my brand. And we're going to talk more about that. But first, I want to introduce Laurel Carpenter. In 2018, Laurel left a 20-year career as a social service executive specializing in learning and development to start a branding and writing agency. Pearl Consulting NYC. With her journalist partner, Charles, together they help solopreneurs and small businesses to find an authentic voice that resonates. Their specialties are brand voice, website copywriting, blogs, and books. When they're not writing their, uh, for their clients, they're out swing dancing somewhere in Manhattan. And girl, that's my <laughs> kind of girl. <laughs> I, I love that. That's great. I love, well, Anyone who knows me knows I love to dance and I've uh, taken dancing most of my life and um, and ballroom dancing was one of the things that I actually got into later in life. So it was really fun. I haven't done it in a while, but I love it. It's, you know, it just makes you feel fantastic. So that's exciting. So welcome, Laurel. How are you? I'm doing well. I had no idea you were a ballroom dancer. What's your favorite ballroom dancer now? Well, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a ballroom dancer, but I did take lessons. You know, I'm in Manhattan, so I did take lessons there. Um, I think, you know, I don't know. I think the foxtrot's fun. You know, you kind of bounce around the... It, they're all great. I love them all. It's a little, it's so much harder because I took, um, you know, jazz and ballet and tap as a kid all growing up all through, you know, my, my teens and my twenties and as a little girl. And I was this ice skater for many, many years that people probably didn't know about. So that didn't finish. I was like Olympic dreams here, but that didn't, I just kept in dancing. So, um, I don't know. I just thought it was a really fun thing to do, but, um, it's hard. It's a lot different. It's totally different than, you know, jazz and ballet and all of that stuff. But I really enjoy it. So I might get back to doing it again. I just love it so much. So we love the foxtrot too, by the way. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's mm -hmm. so fun. And the swing is great. I mean, my mother was such a, you know, she comes from that era. So uh, we used to swing dance together at all the weddings and the families and stuff like that. So we had a really great time. A lot of fun. Okay, so um, let's talk about brand voice and what that means. Um, can you give me an example of how it's used in real life? So um, brand voice is another way of saying your brand's personality, and it's what makes some brands instantly recognizable when you hear and see them. A really current example, most people will give examples of like Nike or Coca-Cola when you hear just do it. You think of Nike right away, right? Right, right. More current example would be... Um, Oatly, the way that they use brand voice, it's like humorous, it's a little bit disruptive. You immediately know it's it's Oatly when you see those cartoonish letters and um, it's, right. so it's, it's what makes you really instantly recognizable, whether you're a big brand, medium-sized company or a small company. Right, right. I have a lot of people 
um, who say, you know, oh, I recognize your name. Name makes a big difference, but also my logo because it's different. It's, you know, it's, it's just very very catchy and very different. So, you know, that definitely makes a difference and colors and things like that. So I reckon, you know, it's all that recognizable stuff. So why don't you tell me, first of all, I want to know how you got into doing this. What's your background and all of that good stuff? Sure. So I'm actually a social worker. I have a master's degree in social work and I was in that field for 20 years and I was in learning and development and I worked for a big, uh, nonprofit at one point and was on a committee of folks who were implementing an electronic health record of all things. And <laughs> one of my colleagues owned a MSP managed service provider that was on that committee. And I was talking to him about how I wanted to leave the nonprofit world. And my partner was a former journalist for the New York Times. And he said, um, well, why don't you try writing a blog post for us and let's see how it goes. I know you don't really have a traditional background in this, but your yeah. partner as a journalist so we wrote a blog post for him and we became his full-time writers and that's how it all started it was very um unusual path to becoming a marketer right right well that's pretty cool and writing so important i know i i have a blog as well and I, you know that's if there's definitely um an importance in having that it's it, there's so many reasons I, I coach wedding and event planners, which I for, if, didn't mention in the beginning, but I have a, a coaching program. And if anybody's listening, you mm -hmm. must go to Event Planner Society, which is where you can join. If you are an event planner or wedding planner, join us over at Event Planner Society because um, there's great stuff going on. And I'm about to launch a program. So want to get in there if you're looking to start your own business, which is a really great thing to do. But um so I forgot where I was going with that uh, blog. So I always talk about, you know, the importance. It's a really great way to get, you know, give tips, bring people back to your website, get, you know, more visible. You have to be visible. So it's super important. So um, I'm always, and, you know, not everybody, a lot of people can't write. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a definitely, um, uh, you know, a different, a very important thing to make sure that you're, you know, hitting your audience, getting, you know, your voice is, is recognized and all of that and everything. So those are important. So, all right. So why is it important for solopreneurs or small business owners to have a brand voice? So that you're memorable, because if you read a lot of website copy, if, if someone is, oftentimes we get people who come to us because a business consultant or even their target clients will say, I don't, you know, I don't really understand what you're trying to say here. I don't understand your message. Yeah. We use a lot of jargon, like, um, you know, words like leverage and stuff like that in their copy. It can feel very stiff and right. not that we shouldn't be intellectual, but if you are, are super stiff in your copy, it can be hard for people to relate and understand your message. So that's one of the reasons we developed this offering is after being asked to write website copy and blog posts for people where they really want it. It seemed like it was just full of jargon and, and right. so we started exploring ways to um, help people to find a more original, unique way of writing about their business. And brand voice is a really fun thing to do with people. So, yeah. so what's your approach to brand voice? So we use brand archetypes, which have been around for a while. They were they're Jungian. They're they're not copyrighted really. They're from Jung, and they but they were made more popular by Mark and Pearson as a marketing tool in recent years. So mm -hmm. archetypes, there are 12 of them. So for example, if you're a caregiver, your major value that is important to you is service. If you're a hero, which would be like 
Nike, as I said before, mm -hmm. um, then courage and is, is a major value. So we have people, we do an assessment. We actually have a quiz that we have people take and you can take it even if you're not our client. It's like our, uh, a, a little fun free thing. We give people where you can find your brand archetype triad. So we believe that people often have three that they can work with in their brand, not just one, which makes it a little bit different from mm -hmm. how people might've thought of brand archetypes traditionally. And so that's how we work with people. We have them take the assessment and identify their values first. Yeah, yeah, it's really important. And I like a conversational like copy. I don't, I don't like it to be like, again, so I, you know, I come from corporate, I've been doing this for a long time, but I started out in, in, um, you know, doing events and, and TV series and things like that, film and television I came from. So I would have production work back in, in way back in the days. Um, so, but I come from a corporate and I have a legal background. So, you know, I can get sometimes very legal in how I write, which I think is important for contracts and running my business, but not when I'm sending emails out to my list and just trying to be, I want it to be fun and light. And I think that's important too, is to recognize the personality of the, you know, the brand of who I am and what my company is about and all of that. So, mm -hmm. Um, that's really important. So when is it a good time? Is there a good time for someone to work on their brand voice? Well, one of the most common scenarios is that they're rewriting their website copy. We tend to work with solopreneurs and small business owners who've been in business for about three to five years. Mm -hmm. And I would say that oftentimes a website copy refresh is when they've come to us. They've done it themselves in the past and now they want to up level. And often there's been a business consultant coach or fractional CMO telling our clients that, you know, maybe you want to hire a professional writer to help you with the brand voice and with the website copy this time, because I'm not clear on your message. Like one of our clients actually had the situation. And I think it takes a lot of humility to look at this. This business coach said, your website sucks, yes. which is a very strong statement. And I wouldn't, horrible. <laughs> but, but, was... but you need to hear it, right? You need to yeah. hear it. Uh, another time is if you're like changing your target audience, I would say, if you're really significantly pivoting to a new target audience, and that may be more applicable to medium-sized or smaller companies, but mm -hmm. solopreneurs sometimes change their audience too. So Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's tricky for me because I have different kinds of clients, corporate, social, nonprofit. I do a little bit of wedding. So, you know, I have that all over. And then I have coaching clients for, you know, wedding and event planners. So I'm kind of, it's it's a tricky thing, but, you know, we dabble in on all of it and we know where our audience is. And so I think that's, that's really important. Um, so when should a business owner choose to go all in on their personal brand versus creating a brand for their business that has its own distinct identity? So what I'm about to say is a little controversial and not okay. all branding people would agree with me, okay. but I would say if your target audience values, like I really want people to work on their ideal client, who's the ideal client for their offerings. But if you're, if you're a coach or a, a creative, perhaps you want to go in all in on your personal brand because people are buying you and your values and they want to work with a person whose values totally align with theirs. But when you might consider creating a business brand is if your target audience maybe has slightly different values or needs to hear a different message than your personal brand. And I will give an example of that. Yeah. One of our clients who's a videographer had taken our quiz and he got the jester, which is like the comedian. And that, that can take a lot of different forms. Humor is very subjective. 
And he loved a tagline we wrote for him that was corporate videos that don't suck. However, his target market didn't like it so much. So uh, we ended up tweaking the brand voice to be more of a business brand that was, he still has humor. He's still got a sense of humor, but he's not quite going so all in on that, like, rebel comedian bro type voice because that's not what his audience related to it was his audience was more interested in that he produces these quality videos which is characteristic of the ruler and um that he is easy to work with which is characteristic of the citizen archetype so i would give that as an example of when to mitigate creating your personal brand versus business and there are some people who would say you know if they're not totally aligned with your values then why do you have them as clients but I think that's kind of a privileged position to take. And I, I realize that's controversial, but I, I feel it's important to acknowledge that. We can't always pick the total perfect ideal client if we yeah. want to work with different kinds of people. And um, so I, and also for some people, they don't want to share a lot about their personal life or their children or their family on social media. And I respect that. I think it's okay for someone to create a business brand so that they don't have to go so all in on that personal brand and sharing everything about their life on social or in yeah. their website copy. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of private about that. I do share a little bit of personal stuff, but what I do share more is on stories, right? So if I'm in Instagram or something, I'll share my stories and I'll, it, it disappears within a while, but you know, I'm not flooding my whole feed with all my personal stuff, but you know, listen, I like to show the human side of me and the, you know, the fun side. And I am in a business that's always, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, in that sense, I'm lucky that way. And I can be at any kind of event and showcase the event, even though I'm at it and attending, it looks like, you know, it's one of our events. So it's kind of funny that uh, the way social media works and, you know, it is kind of funny that way. So, um, so when you work with a client on brand voice, what are some of the questions you might ask them? Well, one of the first things we do is we always have them take our, we have a special quiz um, that we have people take to assess their brand archetype triad. We always ask them, does this resonate with you? Are, do you really feel that these are your values? And we have a conversation about it because it's a jumping off place. It's not a prescription. If sometimes people feel that they, you know, they want to tweak that a little bit. We, we always have a conversation. It's not like, oh, you got your quiz results and you have to do it this way. So right. there's that. We ask them, oh, what are your values? Does this represent you? And then the one of the major questions we ask is, what's your ideal client and what's your nightmare client? And we don't just have them do demographics. We have them talk about like, how long have they been in business? Are they in certain industries? There could be a lot of different factors. Like for some people, stage of business growth could be a very important thing for their ideal client. Um, and, you know, for some people, they, like, I don't mind people that need a lot of handholding. For some people, that's a nightmare client for them. Like, <laughs> so it's really good to flesh that out. And I, I think that's one of the most important things that we ask our clients. And many people, even who've been in business for many years, have not thought about their ideal client, which kind of surprises me. We ask people what their superpowers are. That's another thing. And yeah. um we want to know what their brand inspirations are and their com and also we look at their competitor websites because sometimes there's a gap in the marketplace that they can fill. And this also plays into the idea of building a business brand that they haven't thought to fill. It is amazing to me how many of P 
people's competitors sound the same and use the exact same jargon. And then if they're if they're interesting and they're unique and they've developed a brand voice that feels really authentic and relatable, it's they you really differentiate yourself. I, I, people are amazed sometimes by what what they create. So. Right, right. And you know, I've noticed like you know over the years and I'm ramping up, as I mentioned earlier when I, in my intro, that I am ramping up my, I guess my brand voice. I never really called it that, but, um, you know, I had someone, I'm, I'm all over social media, but, you know, I never talk about my events. It's the most insane thing. I can't even believe I never do it. And I have thousands of pictures of events that, you know, so I'm going to start doing that now. I'm, I'm changing up my, I'm excited about it, but, um, and I have a team of people who are going to help me because I just don't have time, which is key when, you know, as you start to, you know, grow your business, you're able to hire it more in your team, which is great. Um, but, you know, someone looked at my Instagram and said, I don't even know what you do. And I was like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> so I just always feel like, oh, everybody knows what I do because they know me. So it, it's so true that, and that's the reason I'm calling all of them and, you know, interviewing people and getting, bringing in a team. Uh, I want to fix that. And I know that I need to have, um, especially with, you know, reels and carousels and all the stuff that we have to do now, video is super important. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd like to try to use social media to get clients. I mean, I, I, I am visible and people refer us, but it's not the same as like, just, you know, getting a client on social media by, by the whole process of, you know, engaging and no like, and trust and all of that great stuff. But so mm -hmm. I'm excited about doing that, but I, I do agree that, you know, I know when you mentioned someone about, uh, they didn't like their website sucks. So I have a lot of people tell me my website's great. Um, I'm sure it's been, I've had the website for a long time. It's my fifth website since I started my business 13 years ago. So, you know, when I first started, I wrote it everything myself. I, you know, did a small little like three or four pages. It was very simple. I didn't want to spend a lot of money and you don't really need to in the beginning when you're starting your business, but you know, it evolves as you go, but I know it's probably time for me to kind of look at the copy and, and change all that. So you and I should probably talk about that because I want to get, uh, you know, I probably should change that up. It take, you know, you should take a look at it all the time. I'd love um, to talk to you about that. And by the way, I love your logo. It has kind of like a 1920s quality to it. The yeah, lettering it's, is Yeah, beautiful. it's kind of cool. But also when the designer did it, I think because I'm in New York City, it sort of has this feel of the tall buildings. Like it was kind of like that sort of feel, um, which I also got. But yeah, I love my logo. It was, it was, it was, it's a good one, you know, but again, this is like probably my fifth or sixth logo along the way, you know, you rebrand you, I've had four or five different names of, for my business. This one's like it, like this is the one until the end, but, um, but it takes time, you know, it takes time to really kind of figure out and then you can always change, right. You can always change your brand voice, mm -hmm. right. Along yeah. the way. Yeah. So, um, okay, great. So um, what is the deliverable for a brand voice offering? So we have three sessions with our clients and the first two are more of an information gathering where we, like I send out a questionnaire to our clients before we even have the session. And the first one, we get clarity about the values and we start to talk about like, have they done any work on this? The, have, do they have a value proposition um, what they do, who they do it for, and what makes them unique. That's their value proposition. Do they have mission, vision, 
many of our clients that have had really great projects have already given this quite a bit of thought before they come in, although not all, but right. that's often the most successful projects is people that have like a bunch of ideas that they've already been gathering over time. So we talk about that first, and then we have the client send us a list of competitors and we give them like some homework to do where they, they research competitors and inspirations. But then once they give us the list, we look at their website and give, give analysis. The third session is where we share a brand deck that we create for the client. That's the deliverable is the brand deck where we outline the values, mission, vision, value proposition, the brand tone, what it is and what it's not, a dictionary of words that they can use. And um, we, that, and we, we even like divide the phrases that some of our clients say into different archetype categories. So they often are, it's interesting when people say certain things, they, they definitely fit into certain archetype categories. And so we do that so that people know like what, when they say this, it, this is kind of how it comes across. Right. We also include the ideal client profile in their deck. So they get this brand deck and that third session is a working session where we 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 come up with taglines. We also come up with taglines for them, so they get an opportunity to review everything with us in that moment, so that it's not just like we gave it to you and now we're done. It's, right. it's an iterative process. So the brand deck, including all this information, we review it, and then people get two revisions if they need. Um, and it's often a great jumping off place for a homepage website copy because a lot of the, what's on your homepage has already been created for the most part. So, right. And how long does that process take? It, we have done it in as short as 10 days. And um, oftentimes we like to have a little bit of time between the first and second session to let the client like gather some information about competitors and inspirations if they haven't already done that. So that's the shortest, the longest we had. We, we want our process to be no more than 60 days if possible. It's a kind of a mini branding process. Yeah. Sure. Okay, good. That's great. Um, and I'm sure that like a lot of people, it's probably like the worst nightmare for them to have to go through all of that, but it's important to have it, right? So when you have it in place, it's, it's good to have. Actually, it's most of our clients have found it fun. We really no, want it to be a fun process and non-judgmental. Like if you, like that client that I mentioned, whose business coach said, my website sucks. Like I felt bad about that, but I was like, <laughs> Hey, like I give you all the credit in the world. You've come to us for help. We're not here to right. like, we're here to make this fun for you. Like yeah. it's not at all supposed to feel like, Oh, you know, I occasionally like it, it can, it, it does cause people to stop and think, but most people have fun with us doing it. Yeah. Well, and that's, listen, if they were in a good position, they wouldn't need you, right? So if they had everything in place and their brand voice was perfect and all that, that's the reason they have, they're reaching out to you is they want to be in a position where they're represented the right way to get the right client. So, I mean, you know, that's all oh, important. We can't be great at everything, right? Also, the beauty of this is like, let's say at the end of that working session, we come up with five taglines that they really liked and they're different. They can run those. We let them run them by like their favorite clients. I, I recommend being careful about who you get feedback from because you want to get feedback from people that are actually in your target audience. And like sometimes people have asked, I, I understand why they do this. They might ask their teenager for feedback yeah, or something, but yeah. are they your target audience? Think about right. that. Ask right. some trusted, valued clients and partners. Does this sound like me? And then they can come back to us and said, like recently, 
I had a client who we created a bunch of different taglines for her. And one of them that she was afraid to use because it was really strongly worded, um, real talk, real solutions. It landed really well with her clients. Whereas she had something really airy fairy that we had also created for her. And she went with what the client said, that's you, like that, that yeah. this represents who you really are. Yeah, and sometimes you need that third party voice, like out yeah. there, like giving you feedback. <laughs> Those are the people that you need to ask. So I, when I had, I did the same thing. I reached out to, um, through my, I'm doing a coaching program for wedding event planners, as I mentioned, and I sent out to like three or four people who were, you know, wedding and event planners who were looking to start their own business. And I asked them, you know, there were like 15 questions I asked and every one of them said the exact same thing. And it showed me that I was going in the right direction of what I'm offering as far as my workshop. And, you know, I have to, I'm going to do the webinar first and then go into the program. But um, so, you know, it's the best way to do it is to ask your, the ideal client, right? Then you get your answers right there. So I think that's, that's really great. So how does brand voice translate into copywriting? That's a great question. So um, oftentimes in that brand deck, we've like the value proposition, for example, that we create, like we, that is often what people have above the fold on their homepage of their website. So mm -hmm. we actually try to create some of the copy really based on what people actually said and we usually try to create that value proposition that's like right up there. So we wanna make sure that we're using certain words throughout the copy, like maybe there's, that's where the dictionary of words comes in that that can really come in handy. Maybe you say like, you say one word, like I noticed in Oatly, they use the word hope a lot in their copy. So perhaps that's like a emotional word that you sprinkle in there, like right. throughout the copy. So. Right. It really helps to guide. It serves as a reference point, not rigid, but a reference point. Right, right. Well, that's good. That's good. So what's one piece of feedback that your clients have given you about the process that was helpful? Um, that's a great question, actually. So most of our clients, I would say they really, they like that interactive session that we do with them. We didn't have that in the beginning. And that is something that I think is really useful because we get the real time reaction from people and not just like, you know, here it's, it's more um, like interactive and fun to do that interactive session. So, right, right. and a lot of people have said that like we help them, that, that they, we help them think about their brand in a way that they hadn't considered before, like having a third party look in on what they were doing and give them feedback is yes. one of the most helpful things about the process for most people. That sounds like the most key part of it. Yeah. Things that you would not think about. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's why you're the expert on it. So <laughs> that's why they have you. Okay, great. Um, so what's one thing people can do to work on their brand voice on their own? Oh, great question. Um, I really suggest that people get very clear about their ideal client because that's often the sticking point in the process. I think a lot of people do have a basic understanding of what their values are, but the ideal client like really, and not in a superficial way, I know that like not just demographics, like not creating an avatar of a client profile that doesn't really exist. Like look at your client testimonials from like previous clients. What did they say about you? Like, how are they? That's like a really good way to start. And 
it's also makes, I think it makes people feel good too. Like I know I talked about people having jargon on their website and I, I'm not a person who enjoys pointing that kind of stuff out to folks, but I love to reflect back to them. Look at what your clients said about you. Look at the words they've used and that will help you know, like what, you know, what, why people are coming to you and, and maybe it gives you clues as to who your ideal client really is, is, you know, and, and, and I, I feel that that's like the most important thing people can do to get clear before yeah. they even start working with us. Right. And if you don't have clients, right, you don't have clients yet, you're just starting out. I think, you know, like you have them go and find people that, um, for example, when I started, I would look at all these planners that were successful and where I wanted to be, right, back mm -hmm. in the day. And, um, and so I would just look at their webs, how they put their websites together and how they wrote their websites. And so I could get some examples of how to do it myself, um, not copying them, but just getting inspiration and who their ideal clients. So if they're wedding planners, take a look at how, what their message is to, you know, their clients. And that will help you if you don't, if you don't have any client references to look back on. Right. Right. Yes. That's a great idea. And that's actually where the competitor research comes in. Look at right. and see what they're doing and also see what resonates with you. Because I, I know that when, when I did some competitor research early on in our business, there were definitely some copywriters where I was like, wow, I love the way they write, even if it's not our style. Like, you know, I, I think they're really interesting. And right. other people, I was kind of like, that doesn't really land with me. It feels like kind of stiff or it feels like they're trying too hard to be something. And, yeah. and I think that's really helpful. You to need do that to kind be of research. authentic. You must be authentic. You got to be yourself and don't try to be anybody else but who you are because it's going to come across that, you know. You're not being authentic, so I think that's great, great advice. I'm, I, we're, we're at the end here, and I just love talking about this because I'm so into it right now myself as well. Um, you know, looking at my brand, and and I am doing a lot of research right now with other planners that are uh, colleagues of mine or people in the industry that are even more successful than me uh, to see what they're doing and how they're doing all this. You know, the whole real thing is, you know, doing reels and all of that. I'm just, I'm kind of. <laughs> I don't know why, but I hate doing videos, which is so funny because I don't know. You're so good at it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I just so, I think when you prepare to do something like this is easy because I'm interviewing somebody, right? But if I'm doing it on my own, but you know, when I have a good team behind me, that really helps. And I know it's hard if you don't have the income to to get a team, but you can virtual assistants out there are super easy to find. Um, you can go on Fiverr or, um, you know, lots of different places to find inexpensive help these days. So, um, you know, reach out and try to get the help. Don't try to do it yourself. And just look at what other people are doing and, and you know, follow what they, if you love some someone's style or anything like that, just follow them. So, but I had a blast. Thank you so much. So fun talking to you. How can people reach you? So um, I want to offer, if people want to take the archetype quiz, it's www.pearlconsultingnyc.com backslash quiz. You can take okay. the brand archetype quiz for yourself. And if you want to just reach out and email me and don't want to take the quiz, that's fine too. It's laurel at pearlconsultingnyc.com. Feel free to email me. I'd be happy to chat. Great. And, and I'd be happy to talk to you about your brand voice process. Yes, yes. I know. I'm definitely in the that. middle of it. So I will definitely, we'll definitely talk about it. But you can also find um, Laurel on uh, Pearl Consulting NYC on Instagram, right? And you're over there. 
Yeah, I spend more time on LinkedIn to be quite honest. Oh, so but we do have a I have a big presence there. It's under Laurel Carpenter or or also Pearl Consulting NYC is our company page. Okay, wonderful. So you guys go to get that quiz, pearlconsultingnyc.com forward slash quiz. Take a look at it. It'll help you with your brand. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. I know everybody's busy these days. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate this conversation. It was great. Thank you, Annette. You're welcome. Okay. All right, you guys, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for being here. And please don't hesitate. You can write some comments if you have any questions or anything. We'll be looking back at this and we can answer all your questions, but reach out to Laurel for your brand voice. Super important to have it. Okay. Take care, you guys. 